your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 435 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen of the day. That intro song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends at Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, we're going to be talking quite a bit about New York Ranger training camp. It is obviously underway. We're going to be talking quite a lot about Thursday's session. It is Friday morning as I'm recording this. Today's scrimmage is also underway. So if anything big happens there uh, before today's episode ends, before this recording ends, then we will obviously cover that as well. And if not, then we'll pick up right where we left off next week and uh, just talk about all the latest happenings in Rangerland. Uh, we will get to some of the biggest highlights of training camp momentarily. But first, I want to start today's episode with Gerard Gallant's introductory presser. And uh, the biggest takeaways from that session, I don't think there were any bombshells or any major breaking news, anything that's going to have uh, Ranger fans up in arms. It was pretty basic. And, you know, Gallant's message throughout this entire press conference was basically that talk is cheap. But we'll talk a little bit about what he got into here. Uh, this is something he had to say uh, right toward the beginning of the session, it would appear. The biggest thing that I talk about is make sure that we're the hardest working team in the league. The skill and the talent is great, but if you don't have the work ethic to go with it, you're not going to go a long way. And it's basic, you know, boilerplate, coach speak kind of stuff here, but there's also a lot of truth to that. Obviously, you know, when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs and, you know, we'll see if the Rangers can get in there this season. I think certainly it's a realistic goal and a realistic expectation. But once it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs, I mean, you've got 16 teams that are all gunning for the Stanley Cup and talent is great and talent can take you a long way. Uh, But a lot of that just comes down to, you know, who wants it the most and who can put their best foot forward when all the chips are down and everything is on the line. Who's got the work ethic to win four rounds, win four best of seven, and uh, ultimately hoist Lord Stanley's Cup there. Uh, As we know, you know, this is something else that's kind of a hot-button topic for pretty much all Ranger fans, and that is the debate of who should be the next captain of the Blue Shirts. As most of us know, the last Ranger captain was Ryan McDonough, and no one on the New York Rangers has worn the C since McDonough was traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning in February of 2018. But it's starting to sound more and more likely that that is going to change fairly soon. Uh, I would say probably sometime next week we'll do an episode where uh, we devote the entire thing to who the next Ranger captain could and should be. We'll just kind of have an open debate. I'll kind of list the pros and cons of, you know, Chris Kreider being the captain, Mika Zibanejad being the captain, Jacob Truba being the captain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We'll just kind of debate and discuss all the different candidates to be the next captain of the New York Rangers. But this is what Gerard Gallant had to say about the situation during his presser the other day. I think it's really important. There's no doubt. I don't know for sure right now what's going to happen, but if I was a betting man, I think we're going to have a captain on day one. So I feel like Gallant, you know, he can kind of have a little bit of a dry sense of humor, and I think he, you know, I mean, here he's talking about being a betting man, and if he was one, he would bet on them having a captain. So he's talking about the idea of laying a bet on something that is 100% in his hands. I think that's 
Sort of a roundabout way of saying that, yes, there will be a captain going into this season. Like I said, in a future episode, uh, like I said, we'll devote the entire the entirety of the episode to who could be the next Ranger captain. We'll just kind of discuss and debate that. Uh, this is what he had to say about Ranger line combinations, because obviously this is something that's also very much a hot-button topic, uh, both on this podcast and among Ranger fans just in general. Uh, but this is what he, Gallant had to say about it. I'm not set on any one line right now. We'll experiment with different things for sure. In a perfect world, you'd like to have your four lines set and away you go, but things change all the time. And I think that makes sense. Gallant has also kind of alluded to the idea that there could be a little bit of experimentation, a little bit of trial and error throughout training camp, throughout the preseason. And I think that makes all the sense in the world. Listen, once the season begins, I'm a fan of, you know, giving all these line combinations and defense pairings too, but especially the line combinations, giving them some time to gel, to come together, to, you know, produce on the ice. Don't have a knee-jerk reaction if your top line has one or two unproductive shifts to start the season on opening night. Don't panic. Have some conviction in the lines that you put together and go forward and just trust that they're going to be able to figure it out. That's something that, you know, with David Quinn, and I'm not going to bash David Quinn retroactively. I think overall uh, he did, you know, a solid job with this New York Ranger team. I think contrary to popular belief, there were certainly some players that developed under David Quinn's watch. But something that he did this past season, and I talked about it at the time too, that I wasn't really the biggest fan of, he got to be very, very trigger happy with the line combinations. It's like if any line went out there and had not even a bad shift, but just kind of an unproductive shift where it was just kind of like a nothing shift and then back to the bench, uh, the line would look entirely different the next time they were on the ice. You know, somebody on the first line would be down to the fourth line. Somebody from the third line would jump up to the first line, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you guys watch these games. You guys know what I'm talking about here. And I always just thought that Quinn was a little bit too trigger happy when it came to, you know, dealing with line combinations in the regular season. Now for the preseason and for training camp, I'm all in favor of it. Get weird with it. Have some fun with it. Move guys around a little bit. Move them up and down the lineup. Get everybody used to playing with everybody because, you know, line combinations will change throughout uh, the course of a regular season, and it's good to kind of build that chemistry where everybody is basically used to playing with everybody. Now, again, I wouldn't be quite as trigger happy to change line combinations in the regular season as David Quinn was last season, but obviously adjustments are going to be made as the season progresses, and it will be good to kind of get everybody just used to playing with each other uh, throughout training camp and throughout the preseason here. Gallant was also asked specifically about the idea of Panarin playing with Strom or perhaps moving him up to the top line and putting him alongside Mika Zibanejad. This is another topic that we've discussed quite a bit on Locked On New York Rangers. I've heard from quite a few of you guys. You know, some of you really favor stacking that top line, put Mika and put Panarin together. Some of you like to balance out the lineup a little bit, have them on different lines. I've always kind of preferred the latter as well. Uh, but Gallant, when he was asked about this, was very to the point in his answer just said very plainly that it was too early to say. And I agree. I mean, they're just, it's one day into training camp. They've got six preseason games in front of them. And uh, however many practices are left between now and the start of the regular season, they got time to figure that out. They got time to determine what works best and what's best for the Rangers going forward. And something else that I mentioned, you know, just a second ago, is that I've always kind of been in favor of Mika and Panarin on opposite lines. I am a little bit more receptive to the idea of stacking that top line simply because I believe the Rangers are a much deeper team now than they were, say, two years ago. And so putting Mika and Panarin on the same line wouldn't be to the detriment of the team the way that it was uh, as recently as two years ago. So I'm a little bit more open to the idea than I have been in the past, but I'm still in favor of leaving them on separate lines. And then that way, you've got four different Rangers that benefit from the opportunity to play with either Panarin or Zibanejad. And we've seen the effect that both of those guys can have on their line mates. I mean, Artemi Panarin 
took Colin Blackwell from somebody that nobody's ever heard of and turned him basically into, you know, a bona fide second line right winger during last season. And so we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see how the Rangers look to go. And, uh, you know, again, I, th- I think a pretty strong case can be made for both sides. Uh, this was interesting as well during Gallant's presser. Another topic we, we've been debating on here. Uh, he was asked about potentially moving one of the Rangers' top three left wingers, which is obviously Lafreniere, Panarin, and Kreider in no specific order. But he was asked about moving one of those three guys to the right wing to sort of balance out the entire lineup. And he was asked specifically about Alexi Lafreniere. And apparently, you know, Gallant kind of smiled. And this is what he had to say about it. As long as he likes it over there, he'll get an opportunity to play over there. Maybe. We want those kids playing a lot of hockey. And, you know, my thoughts on this, I I, I got mixed feelings on this. The idea of moving Alexi Lafreniere from the left wing to the right wing. On one hand, I get what he's saying, and I get the approach of wanting to keep all three of Panarin, Lafreniere, and Kreider in the top six. And really, the only way to do that, somebody's going to have to move from the left wing to the right wing. So I understand it from that perspective. I also understand it from the perspective of wanting to get Kako and Lafreniere firmly into the top six. I mean, the Rangers have a lot of eggs in the Kako basket, a lot of eggs in the Lafreniere basket. They need these guys to develop into big-time players, and to put them into the top six would seemingly give them their best opportunity to do that. As we just mentioned, they'll get the chance to play with either Panarin or Zibanejad, assuming the two of them are still on opposite lines. Um, so I get it. You know, I get the idea of, you know, wanting to give these kids the, the opportunity there. But as I discussed, I think it was as recently as maybe just an episode or two ago, I would rather, if somebody's got to change sides, I mean, you're not going to move Panarin because Panarin's an absolute superstar. He's an MVP candidate going into every single season, and you're not going to move him away from the position where he just goes out there and kills it night in and night out. So rule out Panarin. But when it comes to Alexi Lafreniere and Chris Kreider, and we saw both of them play a little bit of right wing this past season, but I think that the right thing to do there if you're going to move one of them is to move Chris Kreider from the left wing to the right wing. And we will continue to debate that in just a second here. Just want to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports favorites. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. 
content varies by package. And we're going to basically just keep this episode moving along. Just a second ago, I was talking about how I favor having Chris Kreider move from the left wing to the right wing rather than Alexi Lafreniere. And the reason for that, there's a couple of reasons, but for starters, Alexi Lafreniere was the consensus number one overall draft pick going into last year's draft. I mean, everybody said that this is the guy, you have to take him at number one. No offense to anybody else in the draft class, but I think, you know, pretty much everybody, if you ask them straight up, who is the player to take in this draft? I think uh, pretty much everybody agreed that it was Alexi Lafreniere. He had been called a generational talent. You know, we heard it all. One of the best players available in the NHL draft in years and years and years. And Basically, everything he's done as a hockey player at every level of hockey, to my knowledge, has been as a left winger. And if you've got somebody that really is this good and really has this most this much potential and really has this much upside and is going to be an absolute star in this league, I don't think that the thing to do is to ask him to switch positions and move from the left wing to the right wing. And that's not because I think, you know, Lafreniere can't possibly handle it. You know, his head is going to explode if he moves from the left side to the right side. I'm sure he can handle it, but I'm just not sure why you would take a young, inexperienced player and somebody who is still trying to find his footing in the NHL and ask him to change positions. That seems like it could be somewhat to their detriment. And again, maybe he goes over there and he absolutely kills it at right wing and doesn't doesn't miss a beat. But I think given, again, the enormous potential and the complete inexperience that Alexi Lafreniere has, the thing to do is to leave him on the left wing and move Chris Kreider to the right wing. And that's even more true if you figure that they're going to be playing on the same line anyway, because it sounds like, uh, and again, nothing is set in stone here, but the first line in training camp thus far has been Mika Zibanejad centering Kreider on his left wing and Lafreniere on his right wing. Just flip-flop the two of them. Chris Kreider's been in this league for a decade now. He's somebody who obviously knows what he's doing, and he's somebody who, look, I like Kreider, and I think there's a very good chance he's going to be the next captain of the New York Rangers. He's still my pick. He's still my front runner for that position, but I don't think that moving Kreider from the left wing to the right wing could harm him the way that it could possibly, possibly harm Alexi Lafreniere because with Kreider, I think we pretty much know what we're going to get. We're going to get somebody who is a little bit inconsistent, a little bit hot and cold, but somebody who is a steady producer and a bonafide top six player in this league. There aren't really any secrets with Chris Kreider at this point, and I don't think that it's really going to bother him moving from one side of the rink to the other, moving from the left wing to the right wing. To me, I mean, he would go over there and probably not miss a beat. I know that Kreider and Lafreniere at various points last season each moved from the left wing to the right wing, but it should be noted that it doesn't sound like it's really bothering Lafreniere too much. This is what he had to say about it after the first uh, training camp session. It's a little different. You're much more on your backhand, I feel like, but you've got to be able to play on both wings and adjust to wherever you play. Me and Chris have talked about it a little bit, and we both feel comfortable. And then uh, this is what Gerard Gallant had to say about it. He didn't say a word. You know what those kids want? They just want to play. I don't think if I put him on defense, he would say a word. And that's great. And obviously Lafreniere, you know, it's good to hear that he's got the right attitude about it. And he's ready, willing, and able to do anything that he can do to help this team compete, to help this team win, all that good stuff. And in this case, help the team balance out the lineup a little bit. Um, so, you know, maybe it, it's entirely possible that I'm overthinking this entire thing. My preference, though, would still be to move. If somebody's got to move, move Kreider from the left wing to the right wing. And as far as their on-ice performance, didn't seem to bother them there either because Lafreniere, 
assisted Mika Zibanejad for a goal during Thursday's scrimmage, and he nearly assisted him again, but Mika put a shot right off the crossbar. So uh, obviously Lafreniere and Mika kind of picking up where they left off last season. We saw Lafreniere get quite a bit of run on the top line toward the end of last season, maybe the last 10, 12 games or so. I would have to go back and, you know, look at all the lineups and everything to, to know exactly how many games it was. But Lafreniere and Mika started to click a little bit toward the end of the season. And hopefully, like we said, they can just basically pick up right where they left off. And uh, this is what Lafreniere had to say about Mika Zibanejad. He's one of the best players in the league. He's really smart, and he's good on both sides of the puck. For a player like me, it's good to have a guy like that who really helps me. And we will continue to talk about everything else that happened at the Rangers scrimmage, including the rest of the line combinations. Like we said, that's always really under a microscope, uh, really with any NHL fan base. But I think us Ranger fans really tend to kind of hone in on uh, what the line combinations are, what the defense pairings are, things like that. So we'll get to other notes from the scrimmage and other notes about all the different line combinations in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, German Chocolate. You know what my favorite is? It's Mint Brownie. Brownies are awesome to begin with, and you put a healthy spin on it, and they're even better. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so we'll kind of just keep things moving right along here and talk about the uh, rest of the Ranger lineup, the way they lined up at training camp. But again, I can't stress this enough. We should all probably take this with a grain of salt. There's a good amount of time between now and the start of the New York Rangers regular season. We've got six preseason games ahead of us. We've got tons of practices in front of us. But this is how they lined up on Thursday for whatever that's worth to everybody. We already covered the first line. The second line was Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin and Capo Caco. We already had our debate that we go back to every now and then about, you know, whether Panarin and Zibanejad should be put together or not. But Gerard Gallant was asked about this very same topic, and this is what he had to say about that situation. I read that all summer. You guys want them as a line. But seriously, we put some lines together, and, you know, it's day one. We'll see where things go with that. And I totally echo his sentiments. I think, you know, it's too early to say for sure one way or another whether they could and should and ultimately will be on the same line or not. We'll just keep tabs on it going forward. I'm sure they'll at some point in the uh, training camp and maybe even in the preseason games get the opportunity to play on the same line and we'll see what they can do. And one other point that I want to make on that topic is that, you know, even if Mika and Panarin are not on the same line to start the season, and I know there's some people who would really like them to be, don't get too upset about it because they will be together out there on the power play. You would have to assume, I would imagine both those guys would still be on the top power play unit. So it's not like they're never going to get a chance to play together. And likewise, I think maybe toward the end of a game, you know, when you really, really need a goal, you're down by a goal or whatever it might be, that's when you can see the Rangers start to really stack that top line, put the two of them out there together and uh, see if they can uh, make it happen, find the equalizer late in a third period of a game at some point. So it's not like they're never going to be on the ice together, even if they're not listed together on the same line on the depth chart. But 
We'll keep it moving right along here as far as the line combos, defense pairings. The third line was Philip Heedle centering Barclay Goodrow and Vitaly Krasov. That works to me. I think, you know, by the time you're getting to this point in the lineup, you've heard the guys that are going to be in the top six. I think it makes all the sense in the world that these would be the three guys. Uh, not Again, not set in stone, obviously, but these are the three guys that are at least penciled in to the third line. The only thing I would do differently is flip-flop Goudreau and Hedl. I've talked about that in the past. I just think Goudreau is better suited to play the center. Hedl's a little bit better suited to play the wing. And who knows? Maybe that's an adjustment that the Rangers will make in due time as well, but I think that works. Uh, also of note here, Vitaly Krasov, not in the top six. You know, we're doing our best case and worst case scenarios as as a preseason addition. I'm kind of just going through the lineup and uh, we're about halfway through it. We've taken a look at the top three New York Ranger lines and I'm basically just going through it episode by episode and identifying what is a best case scenario for this player, what is a worst case scenario for this player. And in my, you know, makeshift depth chart that I threw out there, I actually had Vitaly Krasov on the second line on the right wing. I had Chris Kreider on the third line on the left wing. And again, all this stuff is subject to change. But, you know, looking at this depth chart, or not even depth chart, but just the way that the Rangers lined up in practice on Thursday, it's fine to put Krasov on the third line. I got to say, even though I had him on the second line, I like the idea of him kind of working his way up the depth chart as the season goes rather than falling down it. And so maybe there's an opportunity to be had there. Maybe at some point Krasov jumps up to the second line and maybe Kreider at some point moves down to the third line. That's another thing that, you know, if you were to put all three of the Ranger premier left wingers on different lines, you know, Lafreniere, Panarin, Kreider, well, now you've got a little bit more of a balanced lineup. And Kreider on the third line, I mean, he's pretty darn good for a third liner. So uh, that's a school of thought as well. Uh, but again, you know, all this stuff, not even close to being set in stone and uh, something that we will obviously monitor as the days and weeks go by here. Uh, moving on to the fourth line, you had Kevin Rooney centering Sammy Blay and Ryan Reeves. I think that makes sense as well. I think that could very well be your opening night fourth line. And it's a line that could really be a lot of fun. There's obviously a lot of toughness, a lot of physicality, uh, a line that especially Reeves would be willing to drop the gloves when the occasion calls for it. And a line that I think could really have a chance at setting a tone for the Rangers in this upcoming season. So we'll see what happens there as well. There's a great quote from Ryan Reeves that I'll get to before the end of this episode, but I'll kind of leave you guys with this uh, something that Ryan Reeves said at the end of the episode, because I think it's uh, a positive to end on here. Uh, but we also had uh, today, Friday, the team's back out there, and we got a tweet from Vince Mercogliano, friend of the show. He's been on here a couple of times. Uh, he said that the lineup on Friday looks pretty much the same as the lineup on Thursday, but we have kind of an additional quote-unquote fifth line of Morgan Barron centering Dryden Hunt and Julian Gauthier, and I think that makes sense as well. I think all three of these players, for varying reasons among them, are probably facing something of an uphill battle to make that opening night roster, but you never know. You never know how this could shake out. Maybe Morgan Barron impresses and uh, puts his best foot forward and is somehow out there on opening night. Uh, go TA, it's going to be tough. I think same thing for Dryden Hunt, but I would imagine at some point or another during this upcoming season, you know, 82 games, sooner or later, I get the feeling we're going to see all these guys, uh, assuming they're all still on the Rangers. I think Gauthier at least is a little bit of a trade candidate, uh, but that's another discussion for another day. We'll go into the defense pairings here, the way that they lined up on Thursday. You had Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren. I'm really not going to say much here because as far as I'm concerned, you can keep these two guys together as the Ranger top defense pairing for basically the next 15 years, and I won't bat an eye at it. I think, you know, obviously... They've both kind of taken the lead by storm. I mean, Fox especially, but also Lindgren. Lindgren, two years ago, was a complete afterthought and has firmly solidified his spot in the top four on the Ranger blue line. And the two of them just clicked together. You know, it just works. So don't mess with it. I say leave the two of them together going forward. Uh, then as the second pairing, 
you had Ke'Andre Miller and Jacob Truba, and that works too. You know, uh, Truba's obviously going to be in a top four role, and I think Ke'Andre Miller really kind of earned his stripes last season. He was kind of a surprise opening night player that was dressed on opening night. And as much as I've said that Ranger training camp should be basically an open competition, and I still think it will be, but you got to recognize what players did last year as well. Keandre Miller was great last season, made the NHL's all-rookie team along with uh, Ty Smith of the Devils. They were the two defensemen that were selected to that team. And I think Miller at this point probably has to be considered the favorite to sort of round out the Ranger top four on the blue line, at least to start the season. And that stuff can all change. But yeah, Miller, again, open competition. But I think if he produces anywhere near the level that he did last season in the training camp this year and also in the preseason games, you're going to see Ke'Andre Miller in a top four role to start the season, and rightfully so. And then to round out the defense pairings, you had Patrick Namath and Nils Lundqvist. Uh, no real surprise here either. I mean, Namath just signed a three-year deal with the New York Rangers. You got to figure he's going to be out there on opening night. He was the veteran defenseman that the Rangers were looking to bring in. They want to add a veteran to the blue line in this offseason, given how young they are back there, and they got their guy in, Namath, in Nemeth. And... You know, the Rangers with, with Nils Lundqvist, I think they've got big plans for him. Obviously, he was a former first-round draft pick. He played overseas, had had a great season for himself there. Uh, certainly nothing is going to be handed to him. But you got to believe in a perfect world for the Rangers, Nils Lundqvist is going to have a great training camp, show well for himself in the preseason games, and claim that sixth and final spot. And that's with all apologies to some of the other young Ranger defensemen. You know, your Braden Schneiders, your Tarmo Reuninens, your Zach Joneses. But I think, you know, the Rangers, like I just said, they've got big plans for Nils Lundqvist, and they want to see him out there at the NHL level sooner rather than later. And it should also be mentioned that Jared Tenorti and Braden Schneider were also rotating with Nemeth and Lundqvist on Thursday. So they were getting some ice time as well. I think Tenorti definitely seems like he's going to be ticketed for that seventh defenseman role, somebody that's going to be a healthy scratch on certain nights. Maybe if you're expecting trouble, you put him out there, and, uh, you know, maybe Lundqvist comes out of the lineup. Maybe Nemeth comes out of the lineup. Maybe Ke'Andre Miller, although I don't, I don't think I would take Miller out of the lineup. Uh, but, you know, Tenorti, or, you know, there could even be a game where the Rangers choose to roll with seven defensemen. That's always a possibility as well. So we'll keep our eye on that. And Braden Schneider, I would imagine, wouldn't make the NHL team right out of training camp, but I suppose crazier things have happened, and he deserves every single right, like the rest of these guys, to compete for a spot in that opening night lineup. And... You know, a couple of quotes to leave you guys with. Obviously, the Ranger reporters are back in the locker room. They have more access to these guys this year than they have over the past couple of seasons here, obviously due to COVID. Uh, but this is what Mika Zibanejad said when it came to the idea of the Rangers being a postseason team this year. We have to make the playoffs. I feel like we have the team to do it, and I think that's something that we're all aiming at. That's our goal. I don't see anything else. I don't know why you would play 82 games not to make the playoffs or be satisfied about being close, especially not with this group. And I totally agree. And as we've all seen in recent seasons, I've cited multiple examples of this in the past, but once you get into the playoffs, it really is anyone's game. Obviously, you'll have your favorites and you'll have your dark horses and all that, but look at the last season that just concluded for a recent example. Nobody thought the Montreal Canadiens would even beat the Maple Leafs in the first round, let alone go on a run and make it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. So anything can happen. And here is a quote from Ryan Reeves, who seems like he's having a good time in training camp, seems like he's really excited to be here, and that's something that you obviously love to hear. But this is what Ryan Reeves had to say, and for anybody who wants the Rangers aiming high and aiming big and dreaming big and count me among you, uh, this is what Ryan Reeves had to say about the Rangers' upcoming season here. Stanley Cup, I wouldn't have come here if they weren't. They have a really good young team here and now. This year we've added some grit. 
We've added a little bit of that grind. I expect nothing less than a push for the cup. And that's awesome. I mean, I've said before on this podcast, at least from time to time. Now, look, if I'm being completely honest, do I think the Rangers are going to win the Stanley Cup this season? I would say no. But I think as a team, the guys in that room, the coaching staff, everything, everybody who has any kind of a role within the New York Rangers organization, if you set your goal as anything less than to win a Stanley Cup going into any given season, then I think you've already sold your group short. And again, the example I just used, we've seen many, many teams just kind of eat their way into the playoffs. Nobody's really paying attention to them. There's not really any buzz about them, and they go on some crazy run, and the next thing you know, they're in the Stanley Cup Finals. So anything can happen, and I do think this Ranger team is a little bit more balanced, a little bit more well-rounded. As Reeves alluded to there, they've added a little bit more gr uh, grind is the word he used. I was going to say grit, but same idea. You know, sandpaper, use whatever adjective you want to use there. It all kind of translates to the same thing, that the Rangers have gotten a little bit tougher in this offseason, and uh, that will be a nice way to complement the offensive fireworks that they already have. And so that's going to pretty much do it for today. I uh, just want to thank you guys once again for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen of the day. Uh, next week, going to be a lot of fun. We're going to continue talking about training camp. We will continue our best case and worst case scenario series on the players on the New York Rangers. We're going to be moving on to the fourth line, or what I at least believe will be the fourth line, sometime next week. And we'll talk about all those players in great detail, Blay, Reeves, and Rooney. We'll also, at some point, talk about Mika Zibanejad's ongoing contract negotiations. I was hoping to fit it into this episode, but you guys know how it is. You know, training camp starts, and there's a million storylines and a lot of things to talk about. So we'll get to that at some point next week as well. And we will also have part two of our conversation with AJ Galante. AJ was, of course, the general manager of the short-lived Danbury Trashers, who were the subject of a recent Netflix series at the age of just 17 and just wild stuff. Once again, if you haven't seen that documentary, it's on Netflix. Uh, go check it out right now. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.